This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with steel-clad resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer and protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform for Valor Radio. Here are your hosts, Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. And indeed, indeed, thank you so much for joining us, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians, and the civilians loyally serving by their side. Uh, uh, we have uh, Captain Steve Mamano here in studio. Hello. Hi, Captain, yours truly, Bob Savage, and the guy with the Disney t-shirt and the little umbrella drink uh, in the flip-flops. That would be the Colonel in uh, WYSL South in an undisclosed location on the Gulf. That's right. Hello, gentlemen. How are we today? We're good. We're there. We're okay. Uh, I'm looking at uh, the weather board, and it says it's a balmy 68 in Rochester, New York. It is. It's a beautiful day. It actually is. That's great. That's great. What do you got got down there, uh, Colonel? 80. Oh, jeez. No, it's not far. (laughs) And it's a beautiful 80. Nice breeze off the Gulf. Um just absolutely gorgeous weather. This is uh, this is why people come to Florida yeah, for the it is. weather we're having right now. So but it's absolutely and beautiful. you get fresh oranges too. Yeah, you know, surprisingly, the oranges down here are good for juice, not good eating oranges really? for the most part. Isn't that something? Are they good for Gentiles too? Waka waka, waka waka. So. A lot to talk about. Uh, Steve, on your recommendation, I binge-watched Band of Brothers. Did you? You did? You watched the whole thing? Yep. Well, in a a couple of days. Uh Uh-huh. Did you like watch five the, and five? Did you watch the uh, actual uh, the the uh, We Stand Alone Together documentary? No, I haven't seen that. yet. Oh, that's so good! I wish you'd watch it at the end. Yeah, it's so. that. That's what the, kind of the, caps the whole thing off. So, well, I've got something to look forward. Yeah, to. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was a good series. What'd you think? What'd you think? Um, overall, it's a great series. A lot of stories to tell. Yeah, and. You know, they have to pick and choose the people and uh, what parts of their stories to tell. And um, But, uh, no, overall, it was uh, a great piece of work. So yeah, acting was uh, over the top for the most part. You know what, you I, know what uh, you'll find out as you go on, and you watch it several times, I'm sure, you'll find out that a lot of the actors that you thought were Americans are actually British. A whole bunch of guys in that series... Um, you know, Joe Liebgott's British. Johnny Martin is British. Uh, Winters is British. I mean, these are all British actors, and uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and and actually, they almost outnumber the Americans in that show. It's, uh, I guess, it was because of budgeting or something. But uh, boy, they sure chose well. Well, they did do um, a lot of the shooting in England, right? Yes, they so sure did. Yeah, probably it was the most efficient way to do that. Yeah. Uh, pick up as many as they could from there. So. Did you have a favorite episode? I knew you were going to ask me that. They did. <laughs> uh, um, no. Wow, interesting. No. 
Well, you know, I um, I saw that series, um, the the um, open the first uh, 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 salvo of that series played the night before um, I, I went to a uh, change of command in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, the day after that, I came home and nine eleven happened. So it was that wow. weekend of nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, that I went and saw it, and uh, I didn't watch any of the other episodes until about a year later. I got to see it, but um, uh, my favorite episode episode was um, the, uh, the the uh, Last Patrol. I actually liked the that whole situation with uh, Webster being the uh, narrator, and I also liked the one about um, you know the in the woods of Foy when uh, when the trees were exploding and. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, um, uh, Carwood Lipton was in the foxhole with, uh, um, you know, now I can't think of his name, Rick Gomez, the uh, the other guy. Remember when the when the mortar round came in, it didn't go off, right? Yeah. Oh my God, I, that this is such an amazing series, and so technically well done. Have they you seen do, it? Bob? Uh, have you quite seen a it, good Bob? job on it, Bob? Have you seen it? Uh, Band, Band of Brothers? Brothers? No, I have not. Okay. However, I'm going to tell you, I am very excited uh, because as I head home this afternoon, sitting on the front seat of the Jeep, Fury. Oh, cool. Oh, there I you go. just showed up, Brad, Brad Pitt, on your recommendations, okay. gentlemen. You, you haven't seen that either? I have not. Oh, wait till you see it. I'm telling you, you will I can't not be wait. disappointed. I don't think so. There's a, there, a lot of people said Fury You know, has that kind of creepy scene where they're, they're having uh, – a meal in that in the German woman's house, but um, I've seen the movie several times, and I at one time I thought maybe it's a little gratuitous, but not anymore. I understand now why they put that scene in there. But anyway, that's don't just, give up too much. I don't want to give too much up. I won't. So, but I'm glad you saw it, Paul. I yeah, I, it was. Yeah, it's, I don't know why I waited so long. Yeah, it, it's just. I mean, it's, you figure it's twenty twenty three years old. Is right. That's, right. Isn't that something? Now, wait a minute. Is a this, is, this great, a, is this a series great, or is this a movie? Band of, Band of Brothers. Is it, is is it, it the movie? It's a, it's a series, a mini series. Oh, it's in nine parts, Paul. Ten, I think. Ten. Okay. And Ten. this was on network TV then, or it was on HBO. Oh, okay. HBO series in two thousand one. Right, uh, but it, it's uh, where is it on now? Is it on? Where did I see it on Netflix? Yeah, it's everywhere now. You can, yeah. and they play it at you know holiday time and stuff. They play like a marathon of it, but they they load it up with commercials, and you know right. it's so much better if you watch it without the commercials. Absolutely. Yeah. So did you guys get it on DVD then, or? Yeah, I do have the DVD yeah. series. I do. I can't get at it anymore because it's all packed up. But I so I watch it when it comes on TV, and I, I just enjoy the hell out of it because. It's it's like seeing it all over again, and it, it's so well made. I mean, they really went. I mean, Stephen Ambrose was a good historian to begin with. And you say this is a British series? It was no. American. It was a okay. Spielberg and uh, Tom, uh, Tom Hanks. Oh, uh, put the thing together. Oh, so and, this was probably after Saving Private Ryan. It was right. kind of the impetus. So right. Okay. Well, you know, if you watch um, Saving Private Ryan, there's a uh, Ryan is in the five oh sixth. He's, you know, that, that's where they got the idea from. I think it was, um, you know, with, with, with Private Ryan, and then uh, this is sort of a spinoff of, of Private Ryan, doing the whole miniseries of about the five hundred six. That that's the group that they're, they're dealing with. The the uh, Easy Company is uh, E Company Second Battalion Five Hundred Six Parachute Infantry Regiment One Hundred First. Noted. I'll, uh, I'll I'll bum the discs from one of you. Yep, absolutely. Well, good for so, you, Paul. Yeah. So I just. Uh... It's it's a it's a good one. Yeah, 
Have you, uh, Steve, have you ever seen Once an Eagle? Yes, with uh, Sam Elliott? Yes. When I was a teenager. Right. I've never seen it since. Right. You Who don't else have, was have in you there? read the book? No, I, I heard the book was fantastic. The book, uh, I like the book. You know, there's a lot of folks that are much smarter than me that uh, find a lot of flaws with it. But do you remember as who a wrote young it? officer, that book was sort of pushed in our faces. Oh, really? And, yeah. And do you remember who wrote the book? It used to be book? on the reading list. And at one point, uh, the, the Army actually published a you know, directive saying that you couldn't reference that when you were writing people's evaluations. You know, the stories about two officers primarily, and they're uh, starting in World War I all the way up through Vietnam. To Vietnam? To, right. Wow. And I thought it was all World War I. No, it starts in World War I and ends in Vietnam, or, or just before we get in fully into Vietnam. Isn't that something? And it follows the lives of these two officers, and they keep, uh, of course, crossing paths. The Army... You know, grows and shrinks <clears throat> and grows and shrinks. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And they end up, uh, their paths cross. And so, of course, one is, you know, a good guy and the other guy sort of a real jerk. And so at, at, there were times when people were referencing uh, the two characters um, in any uh, efficiency reports for <laughs> officers. <laughs> and finally, they put a directive out not to do that anymore. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was about the same time. My first uh, officer efficiency report I got, <laughs> my battalion commander, of course, put all the key things in there, um, but also to let the Army know that I was married to a supportive spouse. <laughs> and oh, they put a directive out about not mentioning spouses. Oh, no kidding. Way back. This is 1981. So, all right, I'm hearing some great music. Ah, We're yes. going to take a break here, and we'll be back shortly with more Valor Radio. The smooth sounds of Valor Radio, ladies and gentlemen, here on your stereo island of fun and falling asleep at the wheel. Yeah. This is uh, summer music to suit the weather here and in Florida on Valor Radio on WYSL. go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of United Frontier Mutual Insurance, 190 Davison Road, Lockport, New York. Your stuff deserves a better home. Ow. 
That's why you need to store with confidence at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage in Farmington. Units are safe and secure in a variety of sizes. At Hidden Treasures, there are no locks, no keys, no combinations. Bluetooth locks are controlled by your cell phone. Get 50% off your first month. Convenient to everywhere on Loomis Road in Farmington. Close to the thruway. Get peace of mind when you stow your stuff at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Hidden Treasure Self-Storage in Farmington, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplay Museum. Well, we got Captain Steve Amano in studio and down in Florida at WISL South, we have the Colonel, Paul Simonelli. Thanks, Robert. So, uh... Get into a little bit more serious uh, conversation. You know, we're at the two-year mark with uh, the Ukraine right now. I know uh, when they first attacked, or were attacked by Russia, um, everybody was uh, pretty optimistic. Uh, The uh, Ukrainian army had some initial successes that uh, carried on, you know, for quite a while. And <clears throat> they used that to try to garner support and um, were successful to the uh, point of, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, we're somewhere up around $60 billion wow. in support. And they've been able to uh, keep this thing going. My concern from the beginning uh, was what we were hearing from the Ukraine that the only solution was to get back every piece of territory that ever in history was called part of the Ukraine. And then I hear uh, leaders in the West, in Europe, in the U.S., talking about we can't let Russia win. So, Steve, I don't know. Those aren't the same messages. No, they're do you, not. Do you agree with me? No, they're they're not not the same message. And uh, um, you, uh, they have to understand the implications of what they're saying when they say them. The French uh, Prime Minister Macron was the, the latest to, to uh, weigh in on the subject, and he's the one who said Russia cannot win that war, quote unquote. Now, those are pretty much fighting words. If you're a Russian, they're telling Russia that you are involved in a in a death struggle with your neighbor next door and we're not going to yeah. we're not going to let you win. What does so, that tell Steve, you about Russia what they're going to do? I don't know that I agree with you. When I hear you can't let Russia win, there's a long way in the international world between winning and losing. Oh, so you're nuancing it a little bit. Of course I am. Uh-huh. I don't think of course I don't I think am. Macron was nuancing at that time. I think he was I think he was laying down a marker. Well, there was a time when people were talking about the total defeat of Russia, uh, unseating Putin, right. bringing him in as a war criminal. Uh-huh. Um, but the reality is 
in the world, and I think anyway, that uh, we're just fighting a Vietnam-like war right now. Uh, Absent some compromise and someone telling uh, the Ukraine they need to compromise and find some sort of uh, way to end this thing that there's no end in sight. Are we going to get into another 21-year war? Um, is this going to be like after 9-11 that we're going to keep going Feels for 20 like years? It. I, Does. I don't think that's reasonable. And the reality is Russia can adjust. Russia's got tremendous, it might not be sophisticated, but they have tremendous raw power mm-hmm. that they can bring to bear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, between their production of the war goods they need and, um, and the number of people in Russia compared to the Ukraine. So this is uh, after two years of this, and really what it comes down to, this goes back to, um, I would say, back to Barack Obama's lead from behind approach that, that Biden has really stuck to mm-hmm. uh, reacting to you know any sort of aggression uh, from our enemies. Uh, and what we have here, and I don't know, maybe you can tell me I'm wrong. There's a I, there's a lack of a clear vision or goals of what we're trying to accomplish in the Ukraine. I don't know what that is. I don't either. We had that same problem I don't when I was Paul. in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people talk about, well, let's get rid of Putin or let's get rid of this. Every time in recent years that we've helped take someone out of power, the results have been horrific. Yeah. Saddam Hussein, however bad he was, uh, yes, you're right. he kept Iran in check. Right. That was their biggest threat. Right. The biggest threat to Iran was always Iraq. And removing them took away that threat. And removing them was instability. Right. Right. I agree. So, do we like the guy? No. Does he hurt people? Yes. But in the scheme of the larger picture of stability in that part of the world, yeah, it had uh, a dampering effect on Iran. Well, you you saw run amok. You you saw what happened when when Joe Biden stepped in it and. uh, and said publicly that we want regime change, and uh, you know he uh, Putin can't cannot stay. Like we're not we're now all of a sudden calling for regime regime change in Moscow. Is that our and, that's our goal? And we think we're going to accomplish this through the Ukraine. I, I don't think he he meant it. I think he was just you know doing what Joe does, which is you know shoot his mouth off. But um, that's insane. And for him so, to say it, they had a backtrack. They they did some backtracking that day, and uh, sure. State Department weighed in, and, and it was an ugly uh, incident. And you don't think Putin remembers that stuff? I do. Of course he does. He, and this is yeah. this is where we are totally tone deaf at times. Mm-hmm. We have to understand our enemy, whether we like him or don't like him. Right. We have to understand him, and if that means communicating with every chance we get that only increases our ability to comprehend and predict what they're going to do. Um, so 
So, We've got to so figure this, this out. Wasn't that kind of our... wasn't that kind of what General Milley was was, well, was talking about? With the he said, "Oh, I I have to communicate with my Chinese counterpart." Well, why didn't he want to communicate with his Russian counterpart? I'm not sure that he didn't. I don't either. I don't think he did. I think there's a there's a, a bias there or something. I for some reason they don't like the Russians, but they like the Chinese. Like, don't well, go figure. I don't understand it. The bottom line of this, two years in, an entire generation of Ukrainian uh, adults, men primarily, have been killed. Mm. Um, There's no end in sight. There's no operational or tactical way the Ukraine can defeat Russia. And there's no way Russia is going to give up what it had before this uh, conflict started and... There's no way Russia sees itself surviving without a warm water port. And so we need to be realistic and find a way and, and stop uh, just feeding the beast over there. Right. Um, well, I wish you were running our foreign policy, Paul, because they're not thinking that way in Washington or in Foggy Bottom. I'll tell you right now. Absolutely. So this is just my opinion. You know, you can tell me you don't agree. Tell me we have to I agree with you, take Russia off the map, no. but I don't think that's realistic. I think we're, we're setting us up, ourselves up for real problems by, uh, by not looking uh, the, the beast in the face and deciding uh, clearly, clear-headed uh, you know, response. But right now, I think we're all over the map, and, and we, don't have, we don't have any um, George Kennans anymore. We don't have any, uh, you know, any... Uh, 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 nuclear negotiators like we used to, you know, um, it, it's just a, a bad time for us right now. And, and right. We, we need those people. We need we need people who have experience and who are respected and who are uh, have the best interests of the country at heart. And I'm just not seeing that. No, I don't see it either. I just don't. Mm. Um, and we've got to be able to articulate what our true terminal objectives are we never did that in afghanistan and look what it turned into and the number of lives that were lost uh, the number of soldiers and other service members that whose lives were uh forever changed Mm -hmm. and we're no better off internationally than we were on september 10th 2001 what we do have, unfortunately, we've lost a whole group of freedoms in this country that we once had. Uh, on, using the excuse of need to protect us from terrorism, mm-hmm. but we're no better off. No. And so, this it really is, you know, uh, something. And I just don't see this administration changing how they do anything. Um. Things are weak at home, so things are weak abroad. We can't, we can't be a strength in the world if we're not a strength at home. You know, I think I, I Donald because, Trump understood that. Yeah, I think he did. I, I, I worry because, I mean, even during the Nixon administration, when, when things were bad at home with Nixon's scandals to deal with, um, I always got the feeling that the, the, the defense establishment in the Pentagon – uh, was aware that things were were uh, di- in, in dis- disarray, 
and they were extra careful to make sure that they they were at the top of their game. And we had good people at the time who, like you said, looked out for the long-term interests of the country. And I don't think we were ever in any danger during that whole Watergate thing. But I think we're in very grave danger right now. I, I see us as being vulnerable, and um, our command and control is in, in serious trouble if, if we get attacked during this period. I'm, I'm worried. I don't think we're—I've always said it. I don't think we're going to make it till November of 24 without something bad happening. Well, I don't know if uh, something on that um, level is going to occur. We've got enough issues internally, and unfortunately, we've raised, I don't know, since how many generations since the late 50s? Is that three generations? Four, two generations? I don't know. But well, the generation's you know, thirty two years. Two to three right? generations. Is it that long? I thought it was that. I thought it was thirty years. But. Is it thirty years? All right. So let's say two generations. Yeah. We'll, we'll finish this when we come back because I'm hearing some music. A couple more points I wanted to make, and uh, then we'll move on with more of Valor Radio in just a few minutes. Thanks so much for joining us on FM ninety two point one, FM ninety five point five West, and now twenty seven thousand watt. 10.40 a.m. If you're just discovering us on the a.m., we thank you very much for joining us there. And welcome to Valor Radio with the Colonel and the Captain. That you are the only one to ensure my happiness. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Baby, I feel good. Oh, yeah, we all do. From the moment I rise. Back to Valor Radio for you. Thanks so much for hanging in through the break. Here is Colonel Paul Simonelli in FLA. Well, thank you very much. Just to uh, finish up on what we were talking about, Steve, I truly believe that uh, a weakened country cannot be strong abroad. And... I'm not just talking about small internal problems. What I'm, what I'm talking about now is more generational. Um, you know, our system, well, it was John Adams who said, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And so we've done everything in our powers since the late 50s, early 60s, to remove the real, well, religion, for one thing. The number of people that affiliate now is less than 50%. And 50 years ago, it was just under 90%. Jeez. Um, wow. We, we don't teach history, so we have these kids... We've got multiple generations running out on the street that have no perspective about anything. And they end up that they're easily led. Easily led. Yeah, that's the term. uh, Down the road. And, you know, we're going to see something uh, comparable. And I know this is a reach. You know, something comparable to what occurred in China in the 50s and 60s, um, where you had history erased, um, 
and people were just pitted against each other uh, and only so that people at the top can gain more control. And, you know, I think we're in a tough time right now. And I think people are realizing it. And, you know, we've let the education system go to pot. And that's really, um, you know, it's put us in a pretty bad state. Yeah, get your kids out of, uh, out of government school. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. We have, and Steve brings us to the next point here. Look, we got an Air Force airman. Oh, he geez. burns himself to death in front of the Israeli embassy in D.C. I, I saw what you sent back to me as a comment on this. I, we can't publish that on yeah, the air. Yeah, I know. I, 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 oh. it was, the whole thing, you know, you know, have mercy on his soul, uh, Lord. But at the same time, what a, what a misguided, confused young man to do what he did. It just, I mean, it wasn't. It was. Did he think that he was really going to change policy by doing this? Did he? Did he really? Does he really have the courage of his convictions? Uh, you know, to to. Why did he not? Uh, uh, you know, voice his opinion in another way that was a little more constructive. Um, but at the same time, uh, he did it in, in such a public way and in such a horrible manner. I mean, just just immolates himself in front of the embassy. And, you know, honestly, uh, it, it was like a sidebar story on, on uh, uh, Yahoo. It was just uh, no, one, no one really paid attention to him. So well, I, I think he, here's, he just threw his life away. Here's someone that the Air Force should have been paying attention to. They keep talking about wanting the services wanting to deal with uh, extremism. Right. And yet they're finding out this guy had multiple communications with Antifa organizations. And, yeah. you know, this guy should have been on the re- radar. Right, he should have been on the radar. And, and, but, and, once again, he was at the wrong, or he's at the right end of the political spectrum. So they ignored him and let something horrible like this happen. Well, it's like Major Hassan. Remember Major Hassan yes. at Fort Hood? Well, how did that guy ever get a job uh, uh, in government, in the military, with everybody knowing that he had some screws loose? Well, not he only even, did he have screws loose. He even made it known that he was, uh, uh, you know. But he also was communicating with radicals in the Middle East. Right. And his bosses didn't want to act like they were racist right. by putting a stop to right. it. Um. They didn't act appropriately because uh, they were fearing retribution on their own for bringing his actions to light. And look what that led to. Political so, correctness kills. Right. It does kill. People don't realize it kills every day. Right. And uh, I agree with you, Paul. Um, you know, this is the kind of, this, this is the kind of recruit you're going to find in, uh, in the military right now because they're, they're uh, in, in a, a tough spot. They've got to fill the the uh, billets and they don't have people to do it. And they're going to overlook a lot of, a lot of um, very um, derogatory items to, to bring somebody in. So I, I can even look past that a bit. If the person coming in has the basic tools necessary to function right now, you're bringing in generation of people that for the most part, have separated themselves from any faith-based uh, 
um, following. Right. People need an anchor. And we've raised generations now for the last 30 or 40 years without an anchor. Right. Um, I'm not sure why. You know, kids, when they were brought up in church, you know, going to church and having religious education, and I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if it's the influences of school. I don't know if we as parents were not adamant enough. Uh-huh. Um, hey Paul, when you when yes. you were deployed overseas, did they ever give you any kind of uh, survival training or any kind of uh, uh, resistance and uh, uh, evasion kind of training or anything like that? Before going, a couple of different times, they sure. did. Okay, because I'll tell you what. One of the things I learned when I went through SEER school was um, if you have uh, some kind of moral underpinning, you have a lot better shot at surviving and about and of getting through the experience than if you don't. And, and the people that the only people that really survived the horror of, of Hanoi Hilton were people who were men of faith. That I, I think uh, that goes without saying. But I, once again, I think we've raised a generation that does not have right uh, an anchor. And I worry about to that. fall back on. I, I I worry about that because sooner or later we're going to be in a situation where our guys are going to get. Uh, getting in, uh, mix it up with the enemy, and they're going to get captured or shot down. And if they don't have the the tools to um, to uh, resist or to, uh, to 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 have the confidence in their own their own uh, abilities, well, it's more than that, uh, uh, Captain. It's it's a belief in something bigger than themselves, right? Right. Which, which that's, is that's exactly some, what it something is. they want to pass on right. to future generations, and a belief in family and right. God and country. Yeah, yeah. They don't, you know, and they don't even teach that anymore. Right, John Adams. Going back to John Adams again, I'm on a little John Adams kick. Oh, he called great. that public virtue, the character public to voluntarily yeah. sacrifice, yeah. subjugate personal wants for a greater good of other individuals or the community. Excellent term. Um, specific hmm. moral virtues include charity, justice, courage, temperance, reverence, prudence, and honesty. Say it again, uh, Colonel. Uh, public what? Public, public virtue, virtue right, okay. is the character to voluntarily sacrifice or subjugate personal wants for a greater good of other individuals or the community. So, John Adams and, is like a resource we just don't avail ourselves of. No, you know he's just there in, in a history book, and he's he's a sage, and we don't use him like we should. Well, as so many we've re- yeah. we, once again, kids don't get tea or don't get taught yeah. history anymore. No, they we don't. don't. It, it's not. No one's teaching it. No. Oh boy, they've got self esteem. Let me tell you. <laughs> but the problem with that is there's no underpinning to it. That's there's exactly no right. Substance to it. It's like everything's like become like the. I don't know what what's the show Jer- Jersey Girls or yeah I mean Jersey they're, Girls. they're famous for being famous Jersey Not Shore they've done Jersey anything. Shore yeah they're just famous for being famous and we've created a generation of that unfortunately all right I'm hearing some music we'll take a break uh, take a break and we'll be back with more Valor Radio it's the WYSL station. Straight. 
your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of United Frontier Mutual Insurance, 190 Davison Road, Lockport, New York. Your stuff deserves a better home. That's why you need to store with confidence at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage in Farmington. Units are safe and secure in a variety of sizes. At Hidden Treasures, there are no locks, no keys, no combinations. Bluetooth locks are controlled by your cell phone. Get 50% off your first month. Convenient to everywhere on Loomis Road in Farmington. Close to the thruway. Get peace of mind when you stow your stuff at Hidden Treasures Self-Storage. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to Ventix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Fallow Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Valor Radio on the WISL stations is brought to you by A.M. Ginsburg & Associates, the law firm of Christopher Johnson, Taylor Heating & Air, call 500-HELP, Hidden Treasure Self-Storage in Farmington, MGM Insurance, and the National Warplay Museum. Once again, let's head down to sunny FLA and the Colonel. Thanks, Robert. So, uh, Steve, you couldn't have been happy uh, with the one article I sent you this week uh, about the contractor, the DOD Ooh. contractor. Ooh, you're talking about the Mitre Corporation. Been given more than five billion. You know, I, yeah, I was five driving, billion. When I was driving into the station today, I thought maybe I got that wrong. Maybe it was five million. And I'm like, no, I, I remember be checking it. It was a B. It was five billion dollars. Right. Uh, and in gratitude, they're hosting uh, the critical race theory uh, promoter, author of White Fragility as a keynote speaker at, uh, for a DOD event. Who's that, Robin D'Angelo? Yes. Robin D'Angelo. How nauseating. Yeah. Um, speaker of its Week of Belonging uh, that's an uh, event scheduled to launch on April 22nd. So this uh, not-for-profit, $5 billion not-for-profit. Yeah. $5 billion. Um, and you know has something? more than 3,000 government contracts. 3,000. You know, when I was getting out of the Navy, the biggest, the two biggest contractors for Intel that I could remember, because everybody was getting hired out of retirement, was uh, Booz Allen and mm-hmm. MITRE Corporation. 
And a lot of my old friends went to work for both those those companies, those corporations. And they've only grown in uh, in bureaucracy and in size and in in uh, influence over the years. And now to have these guys hosting this Robin D'Angelo is just a vile human being. And to think that the U.S. government is giving our money to Robin D'Angelo is just beyond the pale. Doesn't surprise me. No. Under the Biden administration, the MITRE Corporation has promoted uh, DEI programs in multiple federal agencies, including the Department of Defense. Uh, we and are I wonder thrilled. Where, well, we have problems. We are thrilled to announce thrilled. our opening keynote speaker, Robin D'Angelo, Ph.D., <sighs> affiliate professor, associate professor of education at the University of Washington, Ooh. and the author of White Fragility: Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism and Nice Racism, How Progressive White People Perpetuate Racial Harm. All we do is talk about racism. Hard to get us to talk about it. How, how do we stop talking about it? That's my point. We're never going to stop talking about and it. And up until 2008, we had pretty much stopped talking about it. Thank you. Uh, and we know what happened in 2009 and there on. So, remember, remember Barack Obama was supposed to be a post-racial president. Yeah. Right. And all he did was inflame things. So, uh, and you know something that everybody talks about. You know why are things so bad today with between law enforcement and the community and, and the the populace? And I I could trace it back to one incident: uh, the New Haven police. Yep, with Barack Obama, the New Haven Police Department acted stupidly. From that point on, the police departments across America were on the defensive. And that was the president who did that. The divider in chief. That's right. That's right. And just during right the Biden the administration, uh, 13 million in federal contracts yeah, related to DEI. So health equity. Health equity and yeah, DEI. And DEI, That's right. yeah. Whatever health equity is. Yeah, whatever the hell that means. So. Uh, wow. Well, yeah, when you sent that to me, I, I almost blew a gasket. So it's a it's a tough thing to read because I, I think to myself, why are we doing this to ourselves? This is a self inflicted wound. Well, and, and people and in the military don't they don't need the extra burden of this stuff to, to to weigh on them to confuse them. They like to believe that their their country is good and honorable. And whenever they read stuff about white fragility and about all this racism, they start thinking, well, maybe I've, I've just been, you know, giving them a pass all these years. Maybe I should be a real SOB. And, and, well, part and, of the problem is they read that without any perspective of history. Right. Once again, if you destroy our history, then people are going to respond to whatever isn't right in front of them. Mm-hmm. And if that's what they get fed... They're going to believe it. Right. And that's really where we're at. Right. It's the same thing that happened in China with the Cultural Revolution. Absolutely the same thing. You had a generation of kids that were brought up with absolutely no perspective other than what the government wanted them to know. And uh, it allowed what what happened there to happen. 
and we're not far away from it here ourselves. So this is it really is a tough situation. So let's see. Um, Gotta start pushing back against this stuff, folks, in every way you can. Get out oh, of your for sure. Get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, people uh, need to really rattle some cages. Stop, stop being worried about what your friends and neighbors are going to say about about you taking a stand. We got a country to save here. And, right. and by the way, while we're at it, uh, public service announcement: get to the polls, That's especially right. oh, yeah. and and uh, private gun owners, concealed carry permit holders. I'm looking at you. Seventy uh, percent of you didn't vote last time. That's got to stop. You've got to get out there and help preserve our rights. And I don't want to hear any excuses about mm-hmm. how, oh, you'll become part right. of a registry. You're already part of a registry. we got a primary coming up. Yeah. And primaries, by the way, are very important. Yeah. That's because right. That, that's, that's how we wind up with a choice between a bad guy and a worse guy, because nobody goes to the pro- votes right. in the primaries. You can make a difference. Uh, too many of these races are won or lost by too small a number. Mm-hmm. And and the people sitting on the sidelines way outnumber the people that are involved. So you just got to get involved. By the way, here's, make a, here, a difference. here's another tip, uh, guys. Uh, third-party candidates are fine. You know, everybody's, ah, you're throwing your vote away. No, you know what happens if you vote third-party? You negate gerrymandering. Right. Think about it. Hmm. That's interesting. So... Bob, I've lost track. Are we in our last segment? Last segment. You got about uh, three minutes. All right. So a couple of things real quick. Um, This is, and Steve, I don't know if this affected you or the people, probably some of the people you were working with back before you retired. Um, But, you know, reservists scored a giant victory uh, from an issue. I know when I was mobilized, I was getting a housing allowance at home for my home, and I also was getting some housing where I was assigned because there was no post-housing. So um, about mid-teens, DOD said stop, and people that had been getting dual housing all of a sudden were charged back tens of thousands of dollars. Ooh. And they've been fighting it ever since. About 2015, some people got letters of reprimand. Other people um, had collections done on their paychecks. And they finally uh, got to a stage where the Army and the services said they screwed up by doing this. And they're going to make the people whole. Now, you and I know if you've got something negative in your record that kept you from getting selected for command or getting promoted. Uh-huh. There's no way to really make you whole. No. But they're going to financially yeah. make these people whole. The money they should have gotten or the money that was collected back. And There's got to be nothing worse than to, than to have be overpaid. And then later, months, years later, they, they garnish your wage. Well, I, I think I told you this would happen to me. Yeah, you told me that story. That's a bad yeah. story. Yeah, I got promoted to 06, colonel, and someone hit the button twice, and I started getting promoted as a general, or paid as a general. Ooh. <laughs> and by the time they stopped it, I owed, I don't know, ten dollars or $12,000. Oh. And so I tried to write a check and give them the money back, and they wouldn't take it. Why? 
I don't know. <laughs> and make make somebody said, look bad. <laughs> no, we're going to collect this. Oh, jeez. But I said, I'm leaving active duty. I'm a reservist. This was 2007. I was going to retire in 2011. Do you know I didn't get one full paycheck from 2007 to oh, 2011? Because they were doing a collection action to take back the general's money. For four years? Yeah, and I don't even know that they took it all back. Oh, my God. And that, boys and girls, story. is how the colonel went to prison. I've got to wrap it up. <laughs> all right, folks, have a great week. Thank you for spending an hour with us here on Valor Radio. Let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coasties, and Guardians in your thoughts and in your prayers, especially in these trying times. And we'll see you next week with more Valor Radio. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Our pleasure. See you next time. I don't do it for the money There's bills that I can't pay I don't do it for the glory I just do it anyway Providing for our futures My responsibility Yeah, I'm real good on the pressure Being all that I can